Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... So the BTR tour, you made this announcement last week. Uh, thanks for thanks for doing it on the podcast. That yes, was, it was good to get the the numbers up. Of yeah, course. that was no, of course, good of you. Of um, so I think what I'd like to do here, Noah, um, before we we start talking about the fact that you know there are challengers that are coming, Ooh. that I'll I'll be streaming at as well in a couple weeks. You have a um, job. I have a job pretty excited about that and thankful for that let's let's kind of go through the btr tour um i've gotten a lot of questions myself actually uh people people getting in touch with me so i kind of want to ask you about them um and let's let's just start by you kind of explaining your thoughts your visions yeah about what you have in mind for this tour yeah um i'm not gonna go we're gonna have another podcast on this as well where we're kind of take the next step into it and that will be in the next few weeks or so um but i'll definitely go into a lot of it i mean for right now yeah i mean this if you've been a listener of the podcast you've know you know the ins and outs of what we've been talking about for so long and and you know me working with players and trying to work from the inside out to to get something moving within the atp within the seven entities of tennis um and I've had my issues. I've had my issues with seeing how it all works, the logistics of it all, and to see if anything could actually evolve in the current system that we have today. Um, and <laughs> uh, I found out it cannot. Um, you know, you know, with uh, the PTPA, even you know, it seems very difficult what they're doing, and there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding every step and and i just don't i didn't know where to go next i didn't know where to go within the system i didn't know who to talk to i didn't know if there was anybody to talk to um yeah i mean it was pretty incredible i mean so the ceo scott ross um he's in actually in northern california you know we were working he has he owns a line of clothing as well and you know we were just working on a line of clothing for behind the racket and even him, who's a national tennis player, he didn't really know what the trials and tribulations were for a professional tennis player. And once he kind of got into the, you know, the weeds of things, 
you know, he's like, oh, wow. I mean, what can we do? And I was like, you know, I've always had a dream of a tour, but let's have a tournament. Let's have a really fun tournament for the players to get involved in, to be a part of, and just like a, a cool weekend for everybody to have and to see a different side of tennis um, and really do it up. He's like, no. I was like, huh? <laughs> He's like, no, if we're going to do this, and obviously the timeline's a little skewed, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We're going to have a tour. We're going to figure out a way to get this going. And if you're saying there's so much room for growth for tennis, there should be room for something like this. And, you know, within five months, you know, kind of this idea blossoms and, and it took us to today where, you know, we really have a lot of things moving forward with our, our first two um locations locked in for 2021 which will be kind of our quote-unquote soft openings because uh, it's not a full season which will lead us into our full season in 2022 so for us it's a it's a change of culture it's a change of mentality it's transparency for players and and fans alike it's a it's a place for people to really have the freedom to enjoy tennis the way they want to enjoy it and and still have extremely high level high quality tennis i think even a higher level because the pressures of um you know normal quote unquote normal tennis won't be there um so we'll see i'm really what excited. does that mean i i don't quite understand what that means that last part you're saying yeah the you know the pressures aren't aren't quite there why not why would they not be have similar pressures on a on a different tour the btr tour things we will try to be relieving as in expenses as in we aren't you know we're not going to be the normal six matches to win a tournament to make ten thousand dollars um we're hoping that you know our prize money will be at a level um not comparable to the challenger tour whatsoever um comparable to you know 250 500 even the la the latter rounds of those tournaments and we're allowing you to be a part of it in a much more civilized environment you know where where expenses could be paid for where um there's a lot more surrounding events that take over that allow you to enjoy the event you know that that feels makes you feel like you are top five in the world that's what we're trying to bring to this tour that no matter the ranking you are um you will be treated as if you are top 10 in the world and you know, I mean, you and I very well know that the pressures that come with playing a challenger, the idea sure. of if I don't win this next match, okay, I just lost out in those points. Like I'm in the quarters. If I don't win to get into the semis and double my points and money, how hard I have to work the next week. And, and the thoughts that cross your mind, we don't want that to ever happen. We want the pressures to be like, I want to kick that guy's ass and I want to do it in such a way. Um, but I don't want it. I don't want the thought to be about prize money. I don't want the thought to be about what happens next week. We want to be taking care of that, that everybody wins, that everybody feels like they're getting something out of this, um, including stability. Uh, and that's super important to us. And it's going to take a lot of work. But, you know, it, it is a full cultural change, um, which is something, you know, I couldn't do from the inside out. So in theory, then, as I'm listening to you, explain that yes my initial thought would be okay this is for guys who are who are if i'm looking at atp points i'm guessing it's guys who are outside of the top and, and wta excuse me but outside of at least the top 40 because your 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 top 40 guys are going to want to continue playing the master series and all those types of things is are you really setting this up though so that it's really a competing 
tour with the Challengers competing tour against some of the 250s and 500s. I, I yeah. that that aspect I, I guess I guess what I'm asking is why would a player who's ranked say 75 choose the BTR tour versus their normal ATP WTA tour? You know, for special uh, 2021 easily, but 2022 as well, you will sure. not have to be picking between the ATP tour or the BTR tour. Uh, there's no yeah. need. Um, you know, if I if somebody came up to me and said you could have a great check, <laughs> um, you can have a really enjoyable three day event. You know, with an atmosphere that will wow you. You know, something that you will absolutely love and remember. Um, with aspects, each aspects from you know, you know, moments with the sponsor to, um, you know off court and, and all these different experiences uh for three day for three weekends a year in 2022 or four weekends a year i would give up you know because we have challenger blocks where they have three tournaments i would give up easily three or four of those third challengers for something like this um i don't think i would have to question it too much and i think a lot of this um again which is why i'm saying i don't think at any stage we will be competing with the challenger tour. I think anybody that's really playing challengers consistently, I mean, I'm saying 75 outside the top 75 in the world. Um, you know, we make a very good argument for why you should at least play X amount of our events, uh, for 2022. With that being said, you don't have to choose, you know, there's, there's no need to choose. You could still have a, you know, a great ATP ranking with playing four of our events, you know, but this is something we're trying to create something that actually shows the players how much we respect them, shows the fans how much we respect them and the sponsors as well. You know, we're making this whole idea of, you know, why can't we all win together? You know, why can't, you know, we do something where the players know just how important they are to us? And and it's that's a cultural change and it's very difficult. Um, but that's that's what we're building our um core motto off of and you know obviously it has mental health aspects behind it and and we're trying to make an experience that has extremely high quality tennis behind it you know as for somebody that's in the top 20 uh i think it would be a very very cool weekend for them um obviously mm -hmm. the um the buy-in could be a little bit tougher but you know for them it's it's a tennis experience unlike anything else you know can i sell them on hey you know never play an atpa event ever again i want you to play yeah it's, it's very difficult to do um you know for somebody like that i think it would be cool to have them you know once a year or something like that to get them involved see what it's like and see if they really enjoy it because i don't know why we've gone so far away from you know entertainment people are so scared that entertainment value takes away from the quality of tennis takes away from the competitiveness and the nature of it i think it heightens it and, and that's something that i've been so worried about expanding because i'm already getting shit from people like it's not real tennis it's not going to be tennis i'm like first of all mm -hmm. i didn't really tell you anything so thank you for the assumptions and second of all i don't know why entertainment value and um less pressure from the side of the players equates to not serious tennis and that's something that um, has worried me on the challenger tour for so long even the 250s and 500s and that's something we're trying to change let me let me get to the i, I don't know the mechanics of a btr yes. tour event in a second but i just want to ask this last follow-up here yes in terms of getting towards you know everything works out well towards 2023 24 is the plan, though, 
to then have players say you have to go one way or the other, ATP, WTA, or the BTR tour, so you're essentially setting up a competing tour. Is that the long-term plan? We will be letting them decide. We will be having much, you know, obviously people have seen the schedule, you know, of, of mm -hmm. approximately how many tournaments and how many countries we're looking towards. There will, there will come a point where the players will have a decision you know, have a decision to make. And, you know, that decision um, will be up to how well we have done our jobs for the past three years, how great of a tour we've created um, and what things are important to that player. I mean, I've spoken, I mean, this has been in the works for a few months now and speak speaking to a lot of players about, you know, what means the most to them? What do they care about? And of different ages, I'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews, you know, obviously, oh, I can't wait to get to the second week of a Grand Slam or I just want to play uh, extremely high level tennis, um, but make some money, have some stability in my tennis career. Um, some are like, well, I want to see if I can grind it out on the challenger tour. There's all these different answers. Um, but we want to see if we do our jobs well. And, and with all I will say is with the amount of tournaments we have, you can make an extremely great living on the BTR tour. Okay. Um, walk us through what a, BTR tour event will look like in terms of the play before mm -hmm. we get to the the other aspects but what format. will it look like format wise will there be doubles are women's events included men's events how does the the nuts and bolts of the tennis aspect happen on the BTR tour let's just start with next year and then you know big vision yeah it's actually funny you brought this up because I mean it's something I don't think about whether it's a generational thing but one of um, the people that work, you know, with me asked, is this going to be men's and women's? I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even say it because I didn't even think about that. People would question that women would not be involved. Mm -hmm. For me, it was it was of course, it wasn't even a thought. So women's men's and, and doubles as well on both sides will be involved in this. Um, I, I just found it funny that it was a thought that I could possibly do just men's and, and that was, you know, that's, but that's how it is. Right. I mean, I, I mean, we, you know, you, you, you can say it's generational, but it's just, I mean, there are two separate tours right now, you know, for, end of story, for you know, me, especially in the tennis world. I mean, it's one of those aspects that makes us so unique that you can watch high level on both sides uh, and be a part of it. Completely agreed. Right. Completely agreed. Don't get me wrong. No, it's no, no. Just, I know. It's just I, I just didn't even think about it. And then I had to put it in men and women because I just yeah. just to elaborate um, and doubles as well. Uh, and for the doubles players, I'm trying to make sure that uh, singles guys aren't involved in doubles. I have to figure out the best way mm. to do that because, you yeah. know, I want this to make, I want us to be a doubles tour. I want these to be doubles players. And I know I, I'm a big supporter of that. I, I want the singles guys, frankly, I want them out of a few more events so that doubles players have more opportunities. And this but is difficult. And there's going to be, obviously there's a lot of extremely great, uh, singles players that are exceptional doubles players. And that's yes. going to be difficult, but it's, it's something I've thought about, but yeah, for me, um, and this could change going into 2023. This could even change early on if we see some of these not working. And that's kind of, you know, the flexibility and freedom we have. But where we're at right now with the events is we're looking at a four-day format. Thursday would be qualifying for the events. Um, okay. And for singles, we're looking at um, a four-person qualifying event with one okay. person getting into the main draw. Okay. And that would lead you into the quarterfinals on a Thursday playing one match a day. And okay. that um, 
that right finals on friday yes did i say so? yes yeah. Okay. yeah sorry you said thursday okay okay sorry yeah yeah, yeah. um friday saturday sunday and right. uh winter on sunday so um that's what we that's a, small, that's a draw. small amount of people yeah yes yeah, small amount of people to start um for us, there's a lot of aspects that I needed to change within the system of tennis. One, the first one was scheduling, um, and that leads into our format of play as well as you know the smaller draw was people don't watch me play a Tuesday at 2 p.m. We can't have right. that. Um, right. So I, I wanted to do something drastically different and have just a Friday to Sunday main draw event that would allow people to have that weekend feel to it to come, to not have to miss as much work, if any, um, to be a part of this. You know, I've had many people that have, for the Open, and they've risked it for the Open, taken off work. Uh, my match goes on six hours later. They say, Noah, I love you, but I have to get going. I can't be here any longer and leave. And, you know, these are tennis fans, and they don't take the risk the next day. You know, why would they? So those are people we lose out of tennis. Um, and for me, that leads into the format, um, which people say obviously is similar to UETS. You know, we tried to figure out different ways to have a timed match. A timed match mm -hmm. for us was of the utmost utmost importance to us because we need to schedule things out. We needed, you know, if you wanted to see Noah Rubin play at 3 p.m., you were going to see him play at 3 p.m. or 3.30. You know, it was going to be that. Um, so points... We're very similar for us. Um, you know, we're doing cumulative style. That's what I came up with because I think that leads to a much more competitive feel throughout the match. You know, every okay. point counts. Um, and, you know, we're doing right now we're doing five serves each. Simple. You switch off. Kind of like ping pong, if you will. Ping pong, if you will. Thank you for comparing my tour to ping pong. Um, I'm just no, no, no. That aspect. Okay. For God's sake. And and not professional. When you say ping pong, I imagine you in like a frat basement playing ping pong in Correct. champagne. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I imagined in your head comparing it to. <laughs> but um, yeah. So five serves each, starting out four quarters. Um, you know, we're doing a twenty or twenty-five second shot clock for serve. Um, as well as uh, one timeout per player per quarter. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at. I mean, nothing crazy, um, not doing anything out of the box, uh, but this, you know, will... But that is a lot that's out of the yes, box. Yes, I know, I know. We're not doing anything beyond that. You know, obviously, um, you know, we want to change the style of tennis. We want to bring out stuff that is very unique. And and throughout this, we think we can have a really high-level competitive tennis match. You know, we're doing certain things that has player of the match. We're having shot of the match, shot of the tournament, stuff like that, that allows players to be super interactive with fans and stuff like that for extra money as well. So, you know, we want to make this where, you know, not only are you gunning for the trophy, but you're also entertaining people at the same time. Um, so that's something that's important to us, and, and we're excited to see how this can play out. So with an eight-person draw, mm -hmm. um, again, and I'm thinking long-term here. Yes. You know, big picture if you're so if everything works out in your 2024. Long-term, we've spoken uh, about that we – 32 is possible, but 16 is, is probable, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so then, yes. then in terms of sheer numbers, though, Noah, that means your, your, your total numbers of, of people on your tour it has to be relatively low because of the fact that not as many people are going to be able to compete. For, so so yeah. then I get to this, this idea of, you know, 
how are you selecting those players? How are those players self-selecting? Because you want to, and, and also on top of it, you know, what's your ranking system to say, okay, player A gets in above player B for the last, the eighth spot? For 21-22, um, yes, it's going to be selective. Uh, we are thinking it's going to be invitation only for 21-22. Um, and this is going to be based off of us, of people we think can not only aid in the play of tennis and, and style that they have, but people we think can be a great addition to the tour as personalities, as people. Uh, that's as important. Um, we're working on our own algorithm and system of ranking as well as possibly bringing other people on board you know there's there's the usual suspects in that category but you know we understand it's going to be selective for for 22 you know we have 11 to 12 tournaments um one of them is the year-end finals so you can take that away so it's 10 or 11 tournaments with let's say eight people on each side playing it right and you're going to have some lap over yes it's not as many players as we would like but we are trying to create the system first you know once you get into 23 and you have 24 tournaments you're really branching out at that point um even if we keep it at eight you know let's say 11 people because you're including qualifying which sure. at the qualifying level money wise is still I, I wouldn't compare it to the challenger tour how much money you're making right. per playing the qualifying with let's say one or two matches it's not comparable to the challenger tour um so with that i mean you're getting a decent amount of players in at that point you know you're getting a lot you're getting let's say close to 300 players in um you put that down to some overlap that's 150 players or so on all wait, sides wait are you you're talking total men's women's doubles that's how you're coming up with that 300 number no, I'm saying for 2023, we have 24 tournaments with 11 yeah. guys playing it. Um, sure. And doing the math, I mean. Yeah, but you're going to have some people who are playing eight, you know, eight, 12 of those tournaments, right? So, so you're, you're, 20, your number's going to be. 2023, yeah. yes. I mean, we're hoping to have um, a system, a, a, I'm sorry, a, a ranking system that allows players that we don't have to, you know, be picking them anymore, that allows a more fluid system so you know which tournaments you're going to get into. Um, you know, if we have a stable pool of players, I mean, that would be great at that point. And, and okay. that, you know, that will allow us to grow. And when I'm talking to people that are 300 in the world, 400 in the world, the guys I really want to be helping as well, because a, a lot of this hasn't been created. I think we're doing something that... Um, a lot of the special events, quote unquote, have not done very well, which is allow players outside of top hundred to be involved. But you know, we're creating mm -hmm. a tour, not a special event, and we want to help players at the three hundred level eventually. Um, and when I'm talking to them and I'm saying, hey, you know, wait until like 2023, definitely 2024 and 25, they're like, that's so far away. And I was like, I know, but I have to create something first before I can branch it out. And it's a very, it's a strategic process to get there. But once it's there, I think it will change the culture of tennis and it will allow, I mean, hundreds of players that couldn't afford to be in tennis or didn't see a future now to have a future. Okay, so explain to us kind of the off-court stuff. You've also talked about the fact that it's going to benefit mental health. Yes. How is that going to happen and what are the, um, extra activities within a, a BTR weekend, what are those going to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I know very well about 
how important mental health has been. I mean, it's kind of been our sure. lives for a long time. Um, when talking to, you know, within the ATP and USA, and they understood to a certain extent, but not at the urgency I needed, you know, the ATP to understand, you know, the seven entities at the top didn't really get it to the fullest extent. Um, and that's when I was like, if I had the opportunity, what would I do differently? You know, and this for us, uh, number one is allowing players to know that there are people there for them on site right there. Um, because we are incorporating juniors as well into each of our events. We need from the ground up for right. them to know that people will be there for them. Yeah. You're going to ask something. What? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, people will be there for them on site. You have the ability as a parent, coach, or player to talk to somebody right then and there. Um, we are also basing a curriculum around that that will take a little bit of extra time, um, maybe into the 2022 year. But we are basing a curriculum that allows people from all sports, but especially tennis, um, into this world that we build to allow them to know that they can follow this path a little bit if they can't necessarily afford a uh, personal psychologist or performance coach or mental health advisor, whoever you can you talk to, um, we can give them access to something along those lines um, that allows them to know, again, that we are just there for them. There is some education for them there. Um, but on site, necessarily, you know, we will have panels, we have Q&As, getting players involved, um, having younger players listen to older players, having fans listen to the players, having sponsors listen to these players and psychologists speak, and having just a really open conversation about mental health and we think that's super important um uh to focus on for us and that that will be at the core of what we're talking about and and you know we're we're looking grand things having retreats having you know these getaways for players to really escape the daily life um these are some of the grand ideas we have but um first and foremost is to have them on site knowing that they aren't alone Okay, and then the music aspect, the art aspect, what does that entail? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've spoken about this. I've always wanted to cross-pollinate. I don't think tennis has enough. I mean, uh, the one thing that comes to my mind in tennis is when, like, Kyrgios had the, you know, the Kyrie Irving shoe. How cool that was, you know, when Federer does Michael Jordan and going between sports. You know, for me, why can't we... You know, you know, we have an hour or two hours in between matches. Why can't I have a performance, a musical performance during that? Why can't, you know, no one might, you know, get a glass of wine from, you know, the our sponsor vineyard or winery that we have while listening to music and eating from, you know, cool food trucks. You know, why can't mm -hmm. that be part of the experience? And then, you know, getting ready for uh, my next match or whatever and, you know, knowing my occasions late to another match. You know, why can't that be part of the experience? Um, that was always something that got to me was this this fear and worry from tennis traditionalists and tr and fans that putting those aspects in takes away from the tennis. It's such a fear. I'm like, tennis is not going on at this second. If we have an hour, utilize it. Well, why wouldn't that be utilized? So we're going to have venue, uh, vendors from you know, clothing from music to, to art and, and so many different ways and encompassing art. You know, we're going to have street art and graffiti. I mean, just cool aspects that we want to bring around because we want to make an event. But at the heart of it will be exceptional tennis. All right. What else do you want to talk about with your little <laughs> your little tour there? I'm just excited. Um, I mean, again, I think the last thing to, to cover is this transparency and freedom, you know, freedom to allow people to be a part of the sport and transparency to know that, you know, we're not really hiding things from people. We want you um, to understand that we want to win together. 
And that's something that's super important to us. Um, and we're excited to, to get this off the ground. That's really it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. I hope <laughs> it goes well for you. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh? That's cool. Best, best of luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. It should be just. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll check back in in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak then. And that's it for today, folks. <laughs> and that's it for the next three years. <laughs> so, yeah, let's uh, let's go in the here and now. Obviously, I'm working on all of this uh, right now. There's a lot of movement. But I mean, once I mean, you told me about it. I don't know how I didn't know about this. And this is another issue that we deal with. But Vegas was canceled. Right. So Vegas is canceled. So now the three tournaments is down to two. And I don't even want to say the names out loud because I need these tournaments. I need. Let me just. Let tennis. me just. <laughs> if I can, though, I just. I do want to say the the Carrie. I'm going to say their names. Carrie and Orlando <laughs> Challengers are USTA events. The Las Vegas one is right. is not. Was an ATP Challenger. There is a difference there, and I think that that should factor in. But go on. Yeah. No. I think we're both like biting at the bit to just get out there and like. Yes compete and you to make fun of me while on court and oh there's no chance they're gonna put you on center court <laughs> what do you carrie loves me orlando i might not be playing but carrie <laughs> loves me <laughs> in, in orlando you're gonna be like somewhere in like boynton beach or something like, like. <laughs> wait mike what is this court it says vero what does vero mean jack jacksonville, jacksonville. <laughs> No, I think I've actually, I mean, you know, it's funny because during, during this planning of, you know, the tour and doing all these other things and just waiting. I mean, tennis has kind of been like that escape for me. I mean, mentally, just mm -hmm. those two hours. I mean, yoga has been a safe haven. I've been doing that now three and a half weeks straight every day. Um, it's been kind of my meditation, to be honest. Um even though these people that have no muscles on their body are holding themselves up for 45 minutes and I am cursing and screaming at them. Besides that, it is a very calm meditation. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is incredible. Um, but I, I know you and I, besides me actually missing you, which, you know, take that for what it means, for what it is, but um, I just want to be there playing and, and, yeah. and competing. I think we've it's been long overdue. And, you know, French is kind of giving you that little taste and you had a few here and there. But it, it was that two American challengers back to back. That's like it almost feels like home at this point. <laughs> you know, that that's yeah. like giving us a little bit of something to say, hey, there's there's a little bit of normality. But, you know, I hope everything's going to go smoothly and everybody stays safe. I'm uh, yeah. So so if you haven't heard, Carrie and Orlando both will be streamed as normal. We will be doing full commentary, just like back in the old days. Back in the just old. like uh, <laughs> BC before COVID. Um, oh wow! Did you hear? Yeah. Is that you or hear that somewhere? Yeah, I just it just popped in my head. God, it's amazing, isn't modern it? Modern day genius. Um, but I know I so I'm really excited for that aspect um, just to to get back out there and, and working again and seeing all of you guys will be uh, therapy for me. Um, I, w I wanted to just really quick um, say thank you to the USTA for for continuing this the the process of the whole streaming aspect with commentary that yeah. means a lot obviously to me not only financially but also just. I think it's really important for the growth of the sport at, at a lower level. I think it gives voice to 
it's re really the reason, I mean, you and I teamed up in the first place was the fact that it, you know, doing the commentary at a challenger level gives players at the challenger level a voice. And I am thankful that the USTA continues to find that a, a very important thing. I think that's something I've always valued. I know it's something you've valued as well. And so I'm just, I'm very excited to do that. Um, so I, I wanted to also just really quick, um, Noah has, uh, he, he was pretty public about the fact that he is hopping off of Twitter for a while um, and at one point deactivated his account. I've made the decision personally, I, I'm going to be an observer over the next couple of weeks on social media and I'm going to just try not to post uh, or do anything like that. I, I genuinely enjoy interacting with with so many people on social media, but uh, over the last couple of weeks, for me, it became a very negative uh, part of my life. I, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I, there were some things that were said about me that I, I couldn't fathom. Uh, I realized maybe I wasn't being fair to other people as well. So I just kind of wanted to step away uh, specifically too with the elections coming up. It just felt like it was important for me to kind of take a break See what happens over the next eight days plus whatever court battles uh, will happen after that as well. Um, but I, if you have interacted with me in the past on social media, please know I, I appreciate that. And we'll get back to that, especially once we get to the challengers. Uh, but I'm just kind of stepping away for a little bit um, for, for now. And um, please vote. So for Noah Rubin and his uh, his fancy little tour, I'm Mike Cation, and we'll talk to you next week on the BTR podcast. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at Noah Rubin 33, at Mike C Tennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday, and don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you behind the racket.